Hello and welcome to the Unfiltered Experience with Tara and Louisa. We are two girls who speak the truth about the struggle of never feeling enough whilst growing up in a world of filters and comparison. Here we will have raw, relatable and authentic conversations to empower you on your path to self-development. Come with us on the journey of unlearning. Hello and welcome back. Today's episode we're going to be talking about becoming a girl's girl and I guess there's a lot of shame attached to not being a girl's girl and Louisa and I have had a very colourful experience with navigating relationships with women, Mm. Uh, especially before meeting each other. We'd both had some really sort of extreme, I know for myself anyway, extreme examples of being betrayed by women. Mm. So women to me were always seen as the enemy. Mm. And then it was it was like when I met you and we navigated this relationship, it was like I learned how to become what's now known as a girl's girl. You know, you see on social media like a lot of talk about girls' girls and, you know, today we are mm. proud mm. girls' girls by yeah. heart, like, you know, through and through. And we've definitely left relationships with girls that are not girls' girls. Totally. Yes. <laughs> um, however, it hasn't always been this way. Mm. And I think there would be a lot of young people out there that are navigating school and navigating groups of women and sort of the like the toxicity of growing up. Mm. And so we just want to tell our story and say that, you know, we can always grow, we can always learn, there's always hope and what the real gold and benefits are in being a girl's girl. Totally, 100%. <laughs> and I think for me I always tell this story of like I didn't know how to have relationships with women and I grew up like this and my best friend betrayed me and there's all this really negative stuff that I have experienced. But it's also important to highlight that there was some really positive things that I experienced that I chose Mm. to neglect too. And I had a really good friend, um, you know, stand by me through a lot of my pain when I was in high school Mm. and, you know, she showed up for me time and time again. But because I didn't know how to have relationships with women, I pushed her away and I didn't appreciate her. I wasn't grateful for the effort that she put in and I'm like, I take full responsibility for that, but I also don't take responsibility for the fact that I didn't know better Mm. at the time. Um, And yeah, I guess like my first experience of having like a girl best friend, she slept with my boyfriend. So for me, it was like, why would I ever trust women? Yeah. Like it created a belief. Totally. Like, and I, so I met my first boyfriend. We all know the one, (laughs) uh, when I was 15. So I was really young at the time. And to me, navigating relationships with anybody was a big deal. Mm. And having this, this girl in my life, like it felt like I had a sister, you know, it was like someone who understood me, someone who was with me all the time, who was going through what I was going through, you know, that one person that like you reveal your entire self to and you feel loved and accepted. And for me, it was like the first time I ever felt completely safe with somebody. And then they completely threw that away. Like the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. And from that point onwards, it was just like, to me, it was a game of who's winning Mm. all the time. It was like I was always in competition with somebody and it was always about 
how can I make sure I'm one step ahead of you mm. instead of being equal? Yeah, hypervigilance. Totally, yeah. Well, I think that's such an important part of this whole journey for us is that those early relationships with women shaped a belief system mm. that was reaffirmed mm-hmm. by ourselves and by, you know, for me, my childhood, I felt uh, somewhat unsafe around mm. the women in my life when I was a child. And so, you know, I really tried to seek solace in new relationships and then they were probably the wrong people to seek that reassurance in and Mm. and they damaged that belief again and you know history tells me that then I started showing up as a as not a girl's girl Mm. you know um throughout my addiction but yeah for me like story time Mm. what shaped my sort of ruptured and fearful beliefs around women before I became a girl's girl was that my childhood best friend we uh you know, when I went to school and we've, I've talked about this on the social media episode, it was very much what you just said, like a competition. It was all very like for social media, for mm. MySpace and for top friends and whatnot. And, you know, I had this preset belief that I wasn't good enough. And then I had this like best friend who just instantly would replace me overnight with someone else. Mm. And like, we'd been friends ever since prep. And then like, we got to high school and like high school began and, you know, we started to bring other girls into our circle. And then, you know, one night she was like, all right, we want to cut this girl out. And I was like, oh, okay. Like fully just like people please. Cause I was a, chame- a chameleon at that time. Cut this girl out. That girl was devastated. And I remember feeling so horrible about that, you mm. know, as like, I mean, we're 13. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it got done to me. Like she cut me out as well. And I was like, had, I was mortified. Like I just felt so hurt and betrayed and alone and inadequate. And it just created this belief system that like I am replaceable Mm. and you have been the woman that has changed that belief for me. Mm. Like as someone in recovery, you know, I have been shown that that is just like you're not true, you know, because you've always showed up for me. And, you know, later down the track we became friends again and we, you know, our families were friends and, we were very close. I went away with her family. She went away with mine. And then one day she just stopped talking to me, mm. like just fully ghosted me. She made Facebook groups about me. She wrote messages to people saying that I like this girl in our year level passed away. And she would like say that I wasn't allowed to grieve her death and like all of these horrible, nasty things. And the way I coped with that was finding relationships with men. Yeah. Because I was like, I can. I feel safe over here because I'm different because I'm a girl. So I'm safe in the sense that like I'm not subject to drama because I'm a girl. So I'm like I'm in this group of guys and I'm the one girl. So that makes me safe. Mm. You know, it makes me feel like I belong. And that's when my addiction took off as well because it was like I could do this thing with these guys and feel like I belonged. Yeah. You know, and and it helps me soothe that that shame of being at school and having no one Mm -hmm. or having one friend. Yeah. Yeah, see, with your experience, like navigating a whole high school experience with with that, like with all of that going on, Mm -hmm. like I can't even imagine how hard that would have been because I know for me, like I just left. As soon as the bullying started, 
I dropped out of school. It was like, see you later. I'm not, I cannot face this. Mm. And, you know, you went through six years of showing up time and time again. And no wonder you found comfort in something else Mm. because it's just like, it becomes unbearable, right? Like it becomes a point where it's like, I can't actually do this anymore. Yeah. Then I had another friend. I remember she was like, began one of my like partying friends and we grew like quite a close friendship for a period of time. And then I remember one time like picking up my other friend's phone and she had written this like six kilometer message, just like bitching about me to her about like my fashion or my clothes. Cause I went to a private school and it was just, the values were all over the shop and they were like, she was like saying how like, you know, I was trying to wear clothes of hers or whatever. It was just this whole message. And so I had all these instances in school where like, okay, reaffirmed, reaffirmed, reaffirmed. Evidence. Women aren't safe. They don't accept me. They don't Mm. like me. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, and that coupled with drug addiction, Mm. I was like, see ya. I feel safe with men because they put up with my bullshit essentially. Like they, you know. I wouldn't say I was a bad friend during school, but then those experiences of feeling unsafe and insecure then propelled me to be also the same. Like, you know how the Mm. abused become the abusers? Mm -hmm. Not that I was abusive, but like then I didn't show up well in female relationships. That was exactly what I was just thinking. Like I became the exact same. Like it was like I put this shield on that was like, I'm going to leave you before you leave me. Yeah. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. I'm going to do this thing to you before you do it to me. Mm. And I wasn't even conscious of the fact that I was doing it and it made it a whole lot easier that I was wrapped up in a four-year relationship that I could hide behind because I didn't have to show up in my relationship. So it was really easy for me to just like cut and run from anybody, anybody who got close to me. But, you know, there were definitely women throughout my like life through that period of time that, you know, I still remember my high school best friend when I was going through my addiction and I was with my partner of four years, I went completely uh, silent. So Mm. I, I changed my phone number. I wasn't on social media. I was never around. And she would drop letters off at my address with flowers and just saying like, I hope you're okay. Like I'm here for you if you ever need. And I just abandoned her. Mm. Like I completely abandoned her because I was like, fuck you. Everyone's going to hurt me. And in in the face of my trauma, like I created trauma for someone else. And this one person that just wanted to keep loving me, she eventually gave up. Mm. And fair enough, you know, like I don't blame her because the reality was, was that I had no idea how to be a friend because I was hurt. Mm. And so I was just like, I'm just going to hurt you back. Mm. to someone who didn't deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we treat others the way we think we deserve to be treated in that sp- in that period of time for me, like I had no self-esteem and I felt like I wasn't good enough and so I acted from that vibration. Mm. You know, I acted from that level of self-hatred and I had no love to give. You know, it's like when I don't like the way I look and then I'm suddenly moody and bitchy towards mm. my boyfriend because I <laughs> I don't like myself, you know. Yeah. My first experience, like positive experience with a girl was when I was 18 and I met who a beautiful human being who's still one of my closest friends today. Mm. She 
was with me throughout the course of my addiction and, and did the right thing by cutting me off when things got really bad. And I actually made an amends to her in recovery. And now we're just back to how we used to be, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But so she really started to teach me that I was like worthy and that she loved me and all that stuff. Um, and she really showed up for me in a really dark period of time for me and, and saw value in me. And we had a lot of fun memories together. But we were also in this group of women that were, again, as an adult, you know, I'm out of school now, mm. where the circle and the group of girls that we were involved in were quite toxic. And, you know, our value system with like boyfriends and all that stuff wasn't fantastic, you Mm, know? Yeah. Like we, there was a lot of like going behind people's backs, a lot of dishonesty, a lot of, um, you know, competitiveness and unsafety and lies and manipulation. And, you know, I remember going away to this festival and like one of the girls like made up that I'd like stolen something, which had never happened. Mm. And like, it broke my heart because like, being being accused of something you didn't do and and someone doesn't believe anything other than that it's really heartbreaking and then again me and this other girl who was safe were left alone just us two and it was like the universe pulled away people yeah. that were toxic but again it just like again reaffirmed like women aren't safe groups of women aren't safe but coming into recovery the positive side of things mm. becoming a girl's girl Ever since the day I got clean, we were taught women for the women. Yes. And that has been re-challenging and re-looking at this belief and reviewing how I think about myself in relationship to women relationships has completely given me the biggest secret to life. 100%. I feel that my life began when I started to have safe secure women around me. A hundred percent. I regularly every night write on my gratitude list that I have safe women in my life and Mm. I don't have many. I can count on one hand and that's all I need, you know, and like we've had, you know, ever since then now it's like this mentality of like I will always have a girl's back before I have the guy's back. Totally. You know, whereas beforehand it was like when you're like out there using and you're in high school and stuff, like I think boys are sort of like take precedent, whereas now it's the complete opposite. Yeah. And I think I was just thinking while you were saying that, like it it swings on a pendulum for me, right? So I've had this whole life of like, really awful negative experiences. So I go completely ghost mode on everybody. Do not open up to anybody. Mm. Then I come into recovery. I have some positive experiences, my first being you. Mm. And I get this spark, right? This joy where I'm like, yes, like this is amazing. Mm. And then so I start recruiting all women. Yeah. And then I and then I have to swing back and think, you know, not all women are safe. And that's okay too. Mm. Becoming a girl's girl doesn't mean that we fully open our heart to every girl because some people haven't done the work. Some people don't understand what it's like to show. Some people don't know what it's like to be authentic towards themselves. And that's okay because I didn't either. But I think becoming a girl's girl for me has been learning about attracting women that are on the same wavelength or, 
you know, just at the same point in life where have the same values. Yeah, like they have the same values that I have. They they're interested in the same things I'm interested in. They stand for the same things I stand for. And yeah, like for me, navigating that was a new challenge because mm. there were women that I would come become close with that I would think yeah, I'm all for the girls, right? And then it becomes that toxic high school environment where we're back to competing, we're back to mm. who's got the latest this and the best that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and it's like, whoa, 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 hold up, you know, like this isn't what I signed up for. And I think one of the biggest building blocks to my self-esteem was realising that I don't have to stand for all women. Like I can still respect myself and walk away, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, we talk a lot about safety on this podcast and obviously it is in the episode about um, my five lessons in five years. But a big key part of what we talk about with safety in relationships is the full space to be authentic and not be judged for that. Mm. I think we all know what it's like to have someone in your life that you know if you were to go out on a whim and do something different. Like, for example, when we started this podcast and you've got like 20 followers, yeah. you know, and, and it feels like you're posting every day and you feel like – really vulnerable in that mm. in doing that action and going after your dreams the people that would judge you for that or that you feel self-conscious about seeing that they're not the people that are right for you totally and for me the biggest red flag was who do I feel safe with alone with my partner yes because if my <sighs> gut is telling me no my gut is on yeah right and I had an experience where this person yeah like probably hadn't shown me all the right green flags but when I started to think about them being with my, alone with my partner, which they had been, mm. I felt so uncomfortable and mm. I had to end the relationship. And that's something that can't be explained. It's an intuition, but it's like an intuition of like, I can feel that our values don't align mm -hmm. and I don't trust that you have my back completely. Absolutely. And I think that, that those big signs are like the telltale signs for me of do I trust you mm -hmm. alone? Do I want you to have a relationship with my partner? Mm. Because for you, like, I want nothing more than you guys to have a relationship together because I love and adore you both. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like when, when that feeling comes up, it's like alarm bells for me. Absolutely. No, because it's, yeah, I mean, and that's like what you said, it can't be explained. It's just this gut instinct yeah. that you can't ignore. Yeah. I also think a massive part for me that I think is a less more subtle version of a girl's girl that I want in my life, mm. a girl that I want in my life. I have recently, similar story to you, we, you know, you get into recovery, you get all these beautiful friends. And then as you grow up, as we get to our late twenties and to heading towards thirties, mm. it's, you start to see like who your real core building blocks are mm. and, I had this one friend that was like, you know, I thought was like quite a core friend. And then I noticed that whenever I would have a celebration or a win in my life, that person wasn't there to support me for that. They were very good at being there for me when I was down and when I was struggling and when I didn't like myself. And that means a lot, but I think it says a lot about a person and a lot about safety in a relationship when someone can be happy for you regardless of where their life's at. Yes. And that for me is like a massive quality that I really watch for in people now. Mm. 
And I think it's really important to be able to say, I know I've had this experience with you and I've had other people have this experience with me where I think jealousy and envy are really normal human emotions. Oh, 100%. But the 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 vulnerability in a, in a girl's girl relationship is the ability to say, God, I wish I had that. Or, mm. you know, oh, I'm so jealous that, you know, for me it was when you were in a, a really cute and happy relationship and I was single and alone. And <laughs> and I would be like, I Aww. fucking adore you. I love you so much and I want the world for you. But, like, my heart hurts because I want this for me. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I take away from your relationship. And I think the ability to be honest, mm. and I've had someone say this to me, like, you know, I just, like, I'm so envious of your life and I want what you have but in a positive way. Mm. And I'm like, that for me creates safety. Mm, and connection. And yeah. connection because it's like, of course, like we all feel like that. Mm. We all want something that each other has and that's what attracts us to one another. And I think that that's sometimes a good thing to have that motivation and drive of like, I love seeing what you have and I want that too. But when people see that in you and they're unhappy for you, that's when it becomes the issue mm. is it's like you don't have the ability to tell me that how you feel, mm-hmm. which is the lack of trust and safety in the relationship. So, yeah, I think that there's – it's really normal to feel all these, like, human emotions, but at the end of the day, like, when you have love for somebody, like, you love them regardless of what you feel about what they're doing, mm. uh, even totally. if it hurts you. So for me it was like, yeah, it hurt me to see you so happy and I was so unhappy, mm. but, like, I would – always show up for you with love. Oh, hundred percent. You can be jealous of somebody, somebody's life or a friend or their situation, but you can also show up. You can be jealous and at the same time show up for them with love. hundred percent. You don't have to show up and be rude or make snide remarks or have like a competitive nature towards that person just because you want what they have. Mm. There's been so many times where, you know, I've been in a really dark place and I've gone to like your house with your partner and I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. And I have that feeling that you're talking about with me, Mm. but it's no, I'm not like, oh, now I'm going to be rude towards Tara because she's got what I want. Yeah. I'm going to take away (laughs) her shine because mine's not shining bright enough. It's like you can both shine. And I think that there's something really beautiful in what I actually learned through this experience of having this feeling with you Mm. was that I learned what I wanted to manifest because of you. Mm. I saw what you had and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to create that life for myself. And you have. Yeah. And tenfold. (laughs) (laughs) Not with me. But you know, like I actually, I don't know if I told you this the other day, if I was telling someone else, I think I was telling someone else. And I said, Louisa taught me what I wanted in a relationship by the way she loved me. And it was like my, my manifestation of what I wanted to (laughs) manifest in my romantic relationship, all of those values came from the way that you loved me. Do you know what I mean? Like, And your partner and I are so similar. I have attracted Louisa in a man's body. That's why I'm laughing because, like, sometimes we're both, like, hypochondriacs and, like, the other day I was at their house and I was like, oh, my God, I've got cancer. Like, I was, like, looking in the mirror like there I have a mole and then this cancerous and um 
And he was like, I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> like, that is me. No, no, he would look at the mole and say, oh, my God, you've got cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have. I've attracted I've attracted the male version of Louisa. But I think <laughs> this is what this is the way and we can. And I've attracted the male version of you. You actually have. In a lot of ways. You Besi- actually have. Besides the, like, creativity flair that my partner has, like the acting flair, like in terms of attachment and calmness, is it's you. But you did. You wrote that down. You <laughs> wrote all of what you wanted down and you were looked after and got all the things you wanted. I got Tara as a boy, but a very tall version. Be careful what you wish for. That's funny. Um, (laughs) One thing I'll say is obviously women, we all come up against a lot in this world. Mm. And just because we've had toxic experiences with women, we know a lot of people that have never had that. Like one of our close friends, well, she's had it later in life, but not at her starting point and you know we just want to acknowledge that that's not everyone's story and even when you've had toxic issues with women what I believe a girl's girl also is that when you have issues with women I will only go to a safe woman about those issues mm. I'm not ragging her name through the mud and talking to all the boys and then yeah. like I'm being completely unsafe or I don't even talk to my partner really mm. about that sort of stuff if I was to have like an issue with another woman, like I'd go to someone that, you know, can hold that space in- and is going to like help me and hear me and isn't going to like, it's not going to become gossip. Yes. And so as we finish, obviously we know like we all need to have each other's backs out there, mm. you know, but it is also really normal to navigate tough relationships yeah. because everyone has got, got their own trauma and is unhealed in certain ways and that's usually where it comes from. Mm. You know, people don't love themselves and so it can manifest an ego and all that sort of stuff. So, And it's important to become self-aware and see through that bullshit Yeah, because it's easy to get caught in the trap of I'm not good enough when you're up against someone with an inflated sense of self mm-hmm. and it's about seeing through that and having space to love, say, the person that, is wrapped up in their self-image and Mm. uh, is using that as a means to cope and compete and all those sorts of things and seeing it for what it is and being able to separate yourself and go, this person doesn't understand what it's like to to wholeheartedly love themselves and and neither do I, but, you know, to be able to see through the crap and say like maybe they're not as willing to look at it as I am but I'm going to show up for them with love Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, having compassion for where people are at rather than judgment. Mm Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's been a massive journey for us this year. Yeah. And it shows a lot of growth and maturity. Yeah. You know? And vulnerability was the first thing that showed me. It was like the key that opened female relationships. Mm. When I was getting around with a mask on and my walls up, no one could get in. And fair enough. Why would you want to? Yeah. Like there was not much to want to get into. And when, as soon as I started to be myself, I started to express my emotions. I started to openly cry to women. I would talk about my struggles. It was like, then I was able to be loved. So if you're in a position where you're like, how do I, where do I begin with creating these safe female relationships? I would start with yourself, you know, Mm. firstly, trust your instincts. Don't go rolling around being vulnerable to everybody, but start to, start to pick people that you can be honest and authentic with 
allow them to see you and allow them to love you. And I think then that teaches you how to love them back. Absolutely. And I also think like making friends as an adult is hard. Obviously we've had a bit of a kickstart with that because we're in recovery and we're in a communal space where we meet people regularly. Mm. But for people that aren't in that space, go to like, you know, put yourself out there and go to classes for things that are aligned with the sort of people you want to be around. Like, you know, when we go to a breathwork class, most women there are pretty good, you know, like you're you're aligning with a group of people that have like, you know, are like-minded and and might be like delving into the sort of self-development world and whatnot. Or, you know, if you want to go to like different gym classes or whatever to meet your people, what do you like doing? And go do that in a community space Mm. and see who you meet. If you show up regularly, you're going to get to know people, go out for coffee, whatever. I think that's the best way to sort of meet adult friends and it takes the pressure off because you're doing something as a group together. Uh, can I just say, like, we were in a breathwork class one day and we had to talk to someone that we didn't know. Oh, yeah. Like that connect part of the class. <laughs> and this girl just, the question was like, I can't even remember, something to do with where you were at, something really deep to do mm. with where you are at. And this girl just cried to me and was like, I've just ended an eight-year relationship. I have no idea what I'm doing here. This is my first breathwork class. And she's like, I'm just in so much pain. I didn't know where to go. And I just remember giving her a hug and being like, I get you. I get it, you yeah. know, like you're in the right place. Like I, I hear you. I see you. I understand you. So it's a re- like don't underestimate the power of these these groups and these classes and ways to meet other women. But there you go. That once again was built on vulnerability. Absolutely. Vulnerability equals the key to true connection. 100%. We'll leave you with that. (laughs) 